Hello, church. I want to wish all of you a happy new year. Here we are at the beginning of 2019. There's always something exciting about starting something new, even a new year. It kind of feels like we get another chance to do it over. Maybe 2018 was a year you'd like to forget. I can totally relate. And even though the only thing that has really changed is the last digit of the year that we're in, it still feels like an opportunity for a new beginning. I don't know if you need a new beginning, but I believe right now is the perfect opportunity to create one. And you know what I've discovered? New starts don't happen just because the date changes, but because we're purposeful about making a new start. Today, we have an opportunity to put into motion the changes we want to see in our life. We can talk about losing weight, eating better, stopping certain habits, or forming new healthy ones, or instead of talking, we can actually take a step in the right direction. Today, I wanna to do something different as we kick off this new year. In just a few minutes, your campus pastor is gonna tag team teach with me, and he's gonna share his heart for you at your campus. So each campus will hear a specific message geared directly toward you. But before they come take the stage, I wanna begin this year by challenging you to consider the kind of progress that you can make in a few areas. I'm sure you're already thinking about things you wanna get in order in regards to your health or budget or time. But as your pastor, I wanna challenge you in another way as we begin this year. I wanna ask, what are you putting into motion that will enhance your spiritual life in 2019? I wanna always call you to take your next step in your spiritual journey of faith. I feel like that is one of my primary roles in leading this incredible church community. So I wanna challenge you in regards to three areas of your life that maybe you've left off your list of resolutions. The first one is this, what is your plan to connect more with God in 2019? You know, if you don't make a plan for time with God, it'll never happen. We're all so busy and when we're not busy, let's face it, we're filling our lives with all kinds of other things, social media, news, TV, and more. So I ask, what plan do you have in place to connect with God on a personal level? And I would encourage you to consider that, have a plan. Set aside time maybe early in the morning before the kids get up or after you get them off to school. But whatever you do, find some time to maybe read your Bible in some way or, or take time to pray each day and watch what it'll do to your faith this year. The second question I wanna ask is this, what is your plan to connect more with your church in 2019? I think sometimes we see our church as an option more than necessity. But I truly believe that being part of a community like this is necessary for us to live the life that God has called us. You are a necessary part of this church. And I wonder if for some of you, maybe simply committing to be faithful, to come every weekend that you can in 2019, might move your life in a positive direction. Maybe for some of you, it's getting connected into a small group so you can build a real relationship within this community. Whatever it is, would you consider taking a step to be more engaged with your church in 2019? And lastly, what is your plan to discover your purpose in this year? I think the worst thing that can happen is that another year passes us by and we're still no closer to knowing what God wants to do through us. One of the best ways you can begin to find your purpose 
is to make yourself available so God can use you any way possible. I'm a pastor today, but it's because I was willing to do whatever God needed me to do in the church in the past. I served in any capacity, and what it did was it opened a door for me to discover my purpose. And I believe God can do the same thing with you this year. So as we begin a new year, I want to encourage you, take a step that will change your life spiritually and practically. And I believe that if we all do this together, we're going to see real growth in our lives in 2019. And so as we begin this new year, I wanted you to get an opportunity to hear from your campus pastor. And I believe that being a campus pastor is one of the hardest roles in a church. And yet it's also one of the most rewarding. And rather than focus their time and energy in preparing messages like I do, they can spend their time getting to lead and serve each and every one of you. And I know this, they both have a heart for people and truly love you all. And so would you do me a favor? Would you really show some love to your campus pastor as he takes the stage to share with you today? Well, hello, everyone. How are you guys doing today? Woo! Man, I'm excited to be here. Happy New Year to you all. Uh, from me and my family, from my wife, Rebecca, we just want to say Happy New Year to you. I hope that the start of your year is off uh, just to a great success. I uh, hope you had a, a good New Year's Eve. Listen, the Buckeyes are 1-0 in 2019. We can celebrate that as a church. And listen, Josh Fields is coming to Ohio State. He's going to help us win a national championship. Uh, I'm just tired of seeing Alabama and Clemson play for the national championship. Can I get an amen, anyone? And uh, yes, so I'm excited for that. Man, 2018 was a great year for me. I'm telling you, it was, it was really cool to see what God uh, did in my life. Uh, it was really a year first in a lot of ways. And you know, one of the things I'm most excited for was that the Cleveland Browns finally found their quarterback. Yes, it's going to lead us to the promised land. I believe in my lifetime, Baker Mayfield is going to help us win a Super Bowl. I'm believing that. Jared Carr, yes, we agree with that. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So I'm excited for that, man. I hope you guys are ready for a new year. You know, I think there's a lot of things that we get excited for when it comes to the new year, and there's a lot of things that we kind of get pumped up for. Uh, so I want to do just kind of an interaction thing. Can you help me out a little bit this morning? So I'm going to, I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. And when I get to three, I want you to shout at me uh, something that you are really looking forward to. To, uh, and you're really looking forward to in the new year. So here we go. You ready? One, two, three, go. New job, new job. graduation. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to all sorts of new things. I'm looking forward to uh, just seeing God work uh, in my life. Looking forward to finally taking our five-year anniversary trip. We're going to Waco, Texas, going to Magnolia. It should be fun, babe. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be, it's going to be good. Aw, oh, right? Everyone says aw. Oh. I just want to take a minute and introduce myself to you. My name's Zach Brown. I'm the campus pastor here of Crossroads Church Lithopolis. It's an honor to be with you all this morning. I just want to take a minute, uh, and I want to thank Pastor Tim. Can we give it up for Pastor Tim? Uh, he's our lead pastor. Uh, he does, he does an incredible job. He really does. Uh, leading a church, leading an organization like this uh, is incredibly stressful, especially as we get ready to, to go to a new building. So I just want to thank him for the opportunity to come and, and to have a chance to speak to you all. It's the first sermon of the new year. No pressure, right? I have to get it right, Carl. Uh, I have to get it right. You're putting pressure on me to speak gold from my mouth this morning. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited uh, just to talk to you uh, today. I really think that when the new year comes around, uh, that oftentimes we we think about 
just some goals and, and some resolutions uh, that we set. How, how many of you are like goal setters, resolution setters uh, for the new year? A, a lot of hands. A lot of you are like, uh, yes, that's me. How many of you are like, I hate resolutions. I hate goals. I don't do it. It's not for me. That's okay. We still love you. Uh, I would just encourage you, uh, when you take time to sit down and you write out and you plan out uh, kind of where you want to go with your life and where you want to see your life, uh, I really believe it can help you kind of visualize and take steps to go in the direction uh, that you want to go. And if you're like me, uh, you know, I set some pretty ambitious goals. I've got some really uh, strong desires that I want to see in my life and I want to uh, pursue in my life. And I kind of pursue after those things really, really hard and really enthusiastically. It's something that I really strive to. And I think it's because I have this like, this deep, like burning desire, like to be competitive. I want to achieve. I want to finish first, and and I'm so competitive. My family uh, will tell you that I'm I'm one of the most competitive people that you can imagine. Like if you're playing a board game like Monopoly, like no one plays Monopoly like I do. I'm like here, I'll trade you this, and then if I get this Monopoly, uh, you can give me this, and then you know give me 25% interest on the properties, and I'll invest in your property and all this stuff. Like I'm I'm intense, and I think the only person who's more competitive than me is Pastor Tim. Like Pastor Tim, I think, is the only person who I've found who's more uh, competitive than me. And growing up, I really needed uh, like an outlet, like I needed an outlet for my competitive juice, my competitive uh, fire. I needed a place where I could like dominate people, right? I needed a place where I could like, you know, grind people to dust, like, you know, crush people like underneath my size 17 uh, shoes and just like, just, just, just win. And, and for me, that outlet was competitive ballet. I'm just kidding. It wasn't competitive ballet. Uh, no, it was football. I loved football. You guys can see I've got a big body. Football is what I was made for. Football is what I love. It's what I'm passionate about. It was, it was a lot of fun. And, and I played football uh, from first grade all the way through my freshman year uh, of college. And so some moms, if you're like one of those moms, it's like, man, I don't want to let my kid play football. I'm afraid they're going to get hurt. It's because of guys like me. Like I was so much bigger than everyone. The, like I was always hurting like the little kids and everything like that. So I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, really. Football is the greatest sport ever. I, I promise you. It's, it's an amazing sport. Uh, but it really wasn't until like eighth grade that I realized that I was like four times bigger than everyone else. Like eighth grade was like the moment when like you become self-aware. Um, some of you are like, man, I wish I could forget what I was like in eighth grade. Uh, it was awkward, it was weird. But eighth grade is like, I became aware that I was like four times bigger than everyone else around me. I mean, I could like reach over the center and like tackle the quarterback like before he could even like, like before he can even hand the ball to the running back. I mean, I'm not joking, like in travel football, like our coach had to carry my birth certificate just to prove to the other teams that I was like, like the same age as like what we were supposed to do just because so, I was so big and, and that was that was who I was and then eighth grade year came and went it, it was a lot of fun uh, and that's when I realized I, I was good and ninth grade year came and I got a chance to to start varsity football uh, right here in Canal Winchester I'm a Canal Winchester guy uh, any Canal Winchester people in the house there's some people the Illich family back there uh, you know Canal Winchester is, is where I'm uh, was born and raised is where I, I grew up and it's where my roots are uh, so really this is it's special for me to have a chance to be here to do ministry in this town so anyways freshman year of high school 
school, I get the chance to start varsity football as a freshman. It, it, was, it was amazing. It was a ton of fun. I played right tackle on the offensive line. I ended up being all league that year and kind of got some, some mention, like all district. And, and there were some whispers and rumors like, hey, there's this really big offensive lineman. He's pretty decent in Canal, and, and he, he's cool. And then uh, sophomore year comes around, and I get a chance to start both ways. So I'm starting both ways, uh, offense and defensive line. It was a ton of fun. It was a great year. Uh, really uh, one of my my best years and and I got a chance to be all league so I was all league again my sophomore year I was all district my sophomore year and uh, at the end of my sophomore year I was actually getting like honorable mention like all state I was getting mentioned with some of the best best names in the state in terms of, of football and the offensive line and this is where uh, all the letters started coming in. So uh, at this point, my name was kind of circulating amongst colleges, and people were starting to hear about me. And, and so I remember where I was the minute that I got my first recruiting letter. I was actually in choir. Uh, don't judge. Uh, I had a lot of fun in choir. Uh, yes, I can do both. Um, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. Watch Glee. I can do both. Um, so listen, it was, it was great. I remember the school was from, it was from the University of Iowa. Uh, and I remember like, oh my gosh, it's a Big Ten school. Like, yes, I'm going to go play football. And then the letters just started coming in and schools were wanting me to take unofficial visits and go visit them for a football game. Uh, I, I remember getting invitations to go to like an Iowa game, a Duke game, Northwest. Western, Florida, Notre Dame, I mean, all these places uh, were places that were recruiting me and wanted me to come uh, play football. Notice I didn't mention Ohio State. It's okay. They were missing out. I was only the best prospect in the state of Ohio. I'm just kidding. I really wasn't. Uh, I'm not bitter about it, though, at all. I promise you. Um, so football, football was like my thing. I, I loved it. It was amazing. So I'm getting ready to go into my junior year. And even as we go into my junior year, I got a chance to go to this All-American Combine. It was in San Antonio, Texas. It's where like kind of the top talent from across the, the, the country uh, get to go to this combine. And there's a bowl game, kind of associated an all-star game for, for high school seniors. And the year that I went as an underclassman uh, to, to run for the college coaches, uh, there's this guy, maybe you heard of him, Tim Tebow. Like, you know, he's pretty good. He went to Florida. Uh, he was actually playing in the All-Star game that year, so I got a chance to kind of watch him play uh, and experience that. So things are going amazing. I got my life planned out. I'm going to be a uh, college football player. I'm going to play in the NFL. Things are going to be amazing. So junior year comes, and it's uh, two-a-days, right? And it's the second to last day of two-a-days, and if you played football, you know what I mean. Like, two-a-days are miserable, but you just kind of, you make it through. You get it done. You make it happen. Uh, and it's the second to last day of two-a-days, and I'm playing defense, and it's, it's the second two-a-day, too, so you're tired and you're hot, and there's this toss play. The quarterback turns, and he pitches the ball to the right, and I'm, and I'm pursuing down the line, and the running back makes a cut in the hole, and my eyes just get, like, real big, like, oh, I'm about to blow this guy up right now. Like, I'm going to end his life. So he steps forward, and I step right here, and I go to meet him, and then as I step to turn to tackle him, my knee goes this way. But my momentum and my body keep going this way. I end up hitting my knee, and it just buckles, and I fall down to the ground. And instantly, I knew that something was wrong. I was like, this does not feel right. This isn't good. My parents came. We kind of hobbled to the locker room. We went to the doctor's office, and we got an MRI and found out that I had a torn ACL. And that was it. My year was over, and, and that was done. I ended up having to have another surgery on top of ACL reconstruction to kind of fix my meniscus. And I missed my entire junior year uh, of football. And it was devastating. 
Like junior year is kind of the year, for those of you who don't know, like recruiting and things like that, like junior year is the, the most important year. It's the year that you put out uh, the, the tape that the college coaches really start to kind of evaluate and make decisions on, hey, we're going we're gonna to go after this guy, we're going to recruit this guy, we're going to offer this guy. Uh, so for, for me to miss that year, it was, it was devastating. And I really began to question myself and say, like, God, what are you doing? You see, I grew up like in a pastor's home. My dad was a pastor here in Canal Winchester. I went to church. I went to youth group. I did my thing. I got good grades. Uh, you know, I was a goody two-shoes pastor's kid. Never really put a toe out of line. Um, and I thought that life was just going to be easy for me. Uh, and then all of a sudden this thing happens. And I didn't realize it then at the time, but I realized now looking back at that time in my life that, that football was, was my priority. It was my priority. I guess what I want to talk to you today about is priorities. What, what do you prioritize in your life? Like, what's the thing in your life that you would say matters most to you? You know, for me, it was football, and I own that. At that time in my life, uh, th that was my number one thing, so that's why when that injury happened, it was, it was so devastating. But I think that as we approach a new year and as we talk about things like goals and resolutions and, and priorities, I often find that we, we tend to make priorities based on the things, or we make goals and resolutions based on the things that we prioritize in our life. Uh, you know, things like, I, I need to get out of debt, or I need to lose weight, or, or I need to uh, finally get that promotion, or go on that dream vacation, or, or do this. We tend to make priorities, or goals and resolutions based on our prioritizing and the things that we, that we think matter. And so I guess, as I was thinking about this and reflecting and kind of preparing for the sermon, I began to ask myself this question, you know, what, what about prioritizing God. Like how many of you would say, like my priority is to put God first in my life in 2019? That's a little awkward. You guys are a little quiet. Like don't worry, it was awkward for me too. I was like, oh, that, that kind of hurts. It's kind of like, it's stinging. If you're a Christ follower, if you've been a Christian for a long time, you understand that, that we're supposed to do this. Or maybe you're new to the faith and you're like, well, I kind of understand that, that, okay, if I'm gonna follow Jesus then I need to make, make God a priority in my life. But, but for so many of us, I think it's something that we know to do, but it's something that's so easy for us to just kind of get our priorities out of line. And I guess that's what I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to you about what it looks like for you to put God first in your life in 2019. So if you have a Bible, if you've got an electronic device, go ahead and pull it out, open it up, uh, turn to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, go ahead and open it up and turn there. Uh, as we um, open up the scripture and we look at it, the words are going to be on the screen behind me as well. We find ourselves in Matthew chapter 6 in the middle of a sermon. Uh, Jesus is preaching a sermon to the crowds, to his disciples. It's one of the most famous sermons around. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, it's really one of the most uh, just full of wisdom, great sermons that Jesus preached. He, he preached it probably multiple times. Uh, and over the course of, of two chapters, he just unloads all of this wisdom uh, and guidance for how we're supposed to live our lives as Christians. I would encourage you, go back, read it all. It's a great uh, thing to read, maybe to even start 2019. And as we pick up uh, the story, the narrative here, Jesus is in the middle of having a conversation. He's talking to the Jews, and in the first century, they were, they were all stressed out, and they were worried, and they were worried about things like, you know, how am I going to have uh, money? How am I going to have food to put on the table? How am I going to have clothes to put on my back? And, and they were stressed out. They were worried about tomorrow, and I think uh, that those are some things that maybe us today, we don't really, um, you know, we don't really 
sympathize with, we don't really understand as Americans. We don't, we don't stress about those things. We don't worry about those things. But, but as Jesus is telling them, hey, don't worry about this. Like, like God cares about you. God sees you. He cares about the birds and the beasts. And, and if he cares for them, how much more does he care about you? And then we get to this verse, and this is a verse I kind of want to focus in on today. It's verse 33. God says something, or Jesus says something really that's kind of motivating that maybe you've heard this verse before, but as I was reading it, it really challenged me. And I want to share it with you today. And it's Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 33. It says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. But seek first his kingdom. Now, now maybe you've heard that verse before, and it's like, okay, Zach, I get it. I'm supposed to put God first in my life. But, but what does that actually mean to, like, seek God's kingdom first? Because if you're new to faith or, or you, you, you're new to Christianity, you might say, like, I didn't even know that, that God had a kingdom, like, much less, like, what it means to seek after it. I don't know what that, that looks like. What is, how does that practically look like in my life? And I guess as I was thinking about this, God kind of showed me that, that as you're seeking God's kingdom first, I think what, that, what Jesus is really trying to tell us in that moment is that we need to seek after and prioritize the things that God prioritizes. We need to look after those things. We need to seek after those things that God values, that, that, that matter most to God, that God prioritizes. And as we begin to seek God first, and as we begin uh, to, to seek after those things, God will provide all those other things, like food, like money, like the clothes on our back. He will provide those things to us. And I was thinking about, okay, so that makes sense. Like, we need to prioritize the things that God prioritizes. We need to value the things that God values. But, but how, do we, how do we do that in 2019? I mean, it's the first Sunday of the year. I'm going to talk about just, just some things, that, some ways that I think that we can, we can put God first, that we can uh, focus on the things that God wants to focus on in 2019. Does that sound good? Can I do that with you all this morning? Amen. Okay. So what I've got for you, I've got three practical tips that I think will help you prioritize or focus on the things that God wants you to focus on in 2019. And the first tip is this. Hey, make time to experience church on a regular basis. Make time to experience church on a regular basis. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, uh, it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Make time to experience church on a regular basis. You know, I really feel like society's made this hard. Right, if you got kids, can you say amen for that? Like, like sports happen, like extracurriculars happen, like things happen on Sunday mornings. You've got family, you've got in-laws, you've got uh, just you're tired work. Like things happen that get in the way uh, of of us getting to church kind of on a regular basis. Uh, but I, I do want to just stop and take one minute and say this: Can all give yourself like a round of applause this morning? You guys are here in church on the first Sunday. You guys are perfect. You're one and zero. In attendance, I realize I'm talking about getting to church to a bunch of people who are in church uh, this morning, so that, that's good. I want to celebrate you. Uh, but, but really, when we talk about experiencing church on a regular basis, I want to talk to you about what, what church means uh, and what it's all about. Because I believe that as a culture, as a society, it, we've lost something when, when we lose Sunday morning. You know, it really wasn't that long ago. Uh, and if you're a little bit older in the room, you, you might remember this a couple generations ago where it was just expected right? Like you just woke up on Sunday morning, you put your Sunday best on and you went to church. Like it's just, it's what you did. And, and, and that's just not the case anymore. And I believe that, that we've lost something when we lose coming to church on a regular basis on a Sunday morning. 
you lose, let me tell you what you lose. You lose um, community. You lose accountability. You lose relationships. You lose the opportunity for encouragement. You lose all of these things. You, you miss out on the chance to encounter God. That's probably the biggest one. You miss out on the chance to encounter God. I believe that God is here in this place. Y'all believe that this morning? God is here in this place this morning. And when you come to church, when you come to church, you get a chance to encounter the living God. You get a chance to encounter the God who sent his son to die for you. You get a chance to encounter the God who created you, the God who knew you when you were being formed in your mother's womb, the God who can bring freedom to your life, the God who can break chains of addiction in your life, the God who can bring life to your life. I'm telling you, when you miss church, you miss out on the chance to encounter that God. And I just want to tell you, I believe that when you make the opportunity, you make it a priority to experience church on a regular basis in your life, something in your life will start to shift. Something in your life will start to change. And I believe that if you can just take the time to prioritize coming to church, you'll see a difference in your life. Now, does this mean that you need to, you know, uh, choose church over the barbecue or choose church over sleeping in or, or choose church over this? I, I'm not going to be that pastor or that preacher. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your life exactly. Uh, but I do want to speak to parents kind of specifically today. You know, before I, I came here, I was a youth pastor uh, and I worked with youth, and before that, I even uh, worked at a youth camp. And even when I first came to this church and started working, I was working with our youth. And, and so many times, this is a story that happens so many times, parents would come up to me and they would say, like, Zach, my, my son or daughter, like, I, I just, I can't get them to go to church. They just don't like it. Like, I just, can, can you help them? And I would always say, oh, I'd love to talk to, you, to your son or daughter. And I'd go and I'd reach out to them. And sometimes, you know, we had success. And sometimes, you know, we didn't have success. But one of the questions I would always ask the parents, I would always say, well, well, well what about you guys? Are you as a family, are you making church a priority? Priority? Are you coming to church? And, and almost to a T, the answer was always like, well, we know we need to get to church more. We know we need to get here more. Or, you know, we recently started coming back to church. I didn't say this, but I was thinking in my head, it's like, it's a little late. So if you've got young kids, I'm speaking to you right now. I've got two little daughters, a two-year-old and a one-year-old. Uh, know this, your kids are watching you. Your kids are watching you. And what you prioritize in your life and what you value in your life, they're going to learn to value and prioritize in their life. I'm telling you. It's important. So you got kids, I'm telling you, make church a priority. Make attending it in 2019 on a regular basis a priority in your life. Okay, so church tip number one. Tip number two, open the Bible for yourself. Open the Bible for yourself. Notice I didn't say read the Bible. I said open it. Now, my hope and my prayer is that you would read it after you open it, right? It's kind of like, duh, Zach, like read the Bible. You know, I think that this is the one that even those of us who aren't Christians, we understand this. It's like, if I'm going to be a Christ follower, why would I not read his word? Like, the, the Bible says that, that all scripture is inspired by God and breathed by God and is useful for teaching and correcting. The, you know, the scripture says that the Bible is like a two-edged sword and it's useful uh, to help us expose things and help us learn and grow uh, in our life. And I think that we're at an age and time in a, as a society and a culture where we're looking uh, to improve ourselves. We're looking to, to grow as individuals. We're looking uh, to, to just make ourselves better. Uh, did you know this, that in the U.S., uh, the self-improvement market, the self-help market, it was worth $9.9 .9 billion in 2016. That was three years ago. 
it is forecasted to post a 5.6% average growth from 2016 to 2022. Uh, and then in 2022, the market should be worth about $13.2 billion. Like that's how much Americans are spending on self-help, improving ourselves, making ourselves better. And I guess what I'm trying to tell you is we have one of the best tools that can help us grow and become the person that we're supposed to be, and it's free. It's free. It's right there available to you. It's the Bible. It's God's word. Now, here's the thing. I get that it can be intimidating. And oftentimes, we, we often open the Bible in the difficult moments of our lives. I mean, Kevin did a great job preaching last week about the storms, like, right, when we're in storms, like, what does our faith, what does our reaction say about our faith? And I think that that's a great time to open up scripture, because I think God can speak to us in that moment, and God can provide hope in that moment, but it's useful for more than just that. It, it can help you grow, it can help you learn, it can help you, help you experience things that you never thought you would experience before. So I, I guess, here's what I want to say. In 2019, will, will you just... Let's find time to open up the Bible, because I think when you open up the Bible, you will begin to grow yourself, and you'll begin to grow and learn more about the things of God. I think a great time to do it is the beginning part of the day. It's, it's the morning. It's the first 15, 20 minutes of your day. That's a great time. When you're coffee, you're most awake, you're most alert. Uh, what a great time to just set that time aside and say, hey, I'm going to give this time to God. And I'm going to give this time and say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to devote this to you. Will you teach me and grow me in this moment? I really think that if we do that as a church, we'll begin to grow more and make ourselves in the person that God wants us to be. Now, here's a great tool for you. Uh, you know, 100 years ago, they would have killed uh, to have this tool, but, but it's sitting in your back pocket. Uh, it's your phone, right? You've got an Android or you've got an iPhone. I would encourage you, take it out, go to your app store, download the YouVersion app. I mean, there's everything in that app that you could possibly want uh, and need and desire. There's all sorts of different translations to help you understand the Bible. And here's the greatest part about the YouVersion plan. Um, the YouVersion app. There's plans in the YouVersion app that can help you get started in reading the Bible. So if you're going through, maybe you're going through a divorce, or maybe you're going through um, a parenting challenge, or maybe uh, you've got uh, problems with, with money, or maybe you're, you're dealing with uh, depression or anxiety, there are plans, maybe you're a business leader, there are plans in the YouVersion app for literally everything that you're going through. And I'm telling you, when you take time to open up the Bible and read it, you will begin to grow in your life, Okay. All right, so the last thing, uh, the, the, my last tip for you uh, is this. There's kind of a theme here. Uh, talk to God a little more. Talk to God a little more. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, uh, it tells us, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Talk to God a little bit more. I'm talking about prayer. Prayer is one of those things that I think for us as Christians, it's really, um, it's difficult. Uh, it, it can be challenging. It can, it can be a little overwhelming. It's like, Zach, how do I even, I don't even pray. Like, I don't even, mm, what do I say to like, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food, amen? Like, is that all what I'm supposed to say? Like, mm, I, I don't know. And, and really, the way I phrased it is what I want to hopefully help get your mind thinking towards. It's about a conversation. It's about talking to God. You all have this person, right, in your life. Maybe it's your mom, your dad, an aunt, or an uncle, a sibling, a, a close friend, a boss, or a co someone in your life that you can just talk to about anything in your life. And notice how easy it is for you to talk to that person. So my question is, if it's so easy for you to talk to that person, why is it so much harder or awkward to talk to the God who created you, who knows you? 
Like he's the one who, who, who designed you and, and made you the way you are. He knows all your fears and all your anxieties and all your worries. When you take time to talk to God, it's like talking to the greatest counselor in the world. It's so special. If you're like me, I'm, I'm like a verbal processor. So as I talk things out with God, I begin to, uh, to understand and God begins to show things to me about who I am and the way I'm thinking and he helps straighten me out and get me thinking about the things that he wants me to think about. Hey, one way that I think that you can uh, incorporate this idea of talking to God is right after you read your Bible. Right after you open the Bible for yourself in that morning, that, that 15, 20 minutes in the morning, what if you took five minutes at the end of that time and you just talk to God. Hey God, I'm here, I, I don't really know what I'm doing, but, but I just read this, will you help me understand this? Will you help me apply this to my life? It just starts with a simple conversation. And then as you begin to develop a relationship, uh, you'll begin to grow and you'll begin to, to grow in your confidence and you'll begin, and God will begin to show you things. You know, one thing I think we can do when it comes to prayer um, is I think we can, we can give thanks. I think oftentimes when we pray, it's, it's when it's hitting the fan, right? It's like, oh shoot, I need to make money or I, I, I need a job or uh, my ba like this is whatever, it's it, like something is going on, there's a life crisis, uh, there's something going on and that's when we turn to God and that's when we pray. What if we took time to stop and pray and give thanks to God for all that he's given us? Man, your, your perspective starts to change when you do that. All of a sudden, you're, you're, start, you're um, starting to not worry about the things that you don't have and the things that you need God to provide you, and you start focusing on the things that God has already given you. And you start focusing on the things that God has already done for you. I'm telling you, when we take time to talk to God, I really think it helps us grow in our relationship with him. It helps us grow in our confidence of who God is. So, you know, as we kind of wrap up today and as, as we get ready to close, and just as I want to surmise kind of these three points, talking about, church and talking about the Bible and talking about prayer. I'm really talking about the basics of Christianity. And I think that for so many of us, it's so easy to kind of hear these verses and hear these things and, and just gloss over them. And it's like, okay, like I, I get it, Zach. I, I know I'm supposed to experience church on a regular basis. I know I'm supposed to, to open my Bible and read it for myself. And I know that I'm supposed to talk to God, but, but why is it so hard? Why is it so, why does it fall down on our priority list? I think that, that if we took the time to realize that, that this stuff matters and that it's important and that it's about developing a relationship. I mean, if you're a husband or a wife, you develop a relationship with your spouse and as you develop that relationship, you draw closer to each other over time and your marriage is, is strengthened and increased. And I think that it's the same thing with God. As we work and develop a relationship with God, our relationship gets stronger and all of a sudden he begins to teach us things about ourselves that we never knew and we begin to see things and do things that we never thought we could achieve before. I wanna read that verse to you again, Matthew 6. 33, it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. In other words, prioritize the things that God prioritizes. Seek after him and all these things will be given to you as well. Again, in that context, in that time, he was talking to the Jews about, you know, we're going to provide money, we're going to provide food on the table, we're going to provide uh, for tomorrow. And I think that some of those things we kind of take for granted today uh, as Americans. But I think that when we think about the new year, and you think about the goals that you have for yourself and the resolutions that you set before yourself for 2019, maybe it's to get healthy, or maybe it's to, to get out of debt, maybe it's to, to finally walk away from that toxic relationship 
that you've been in. Maybe it's time to finally quit that job and start pursuing the thing in life that you're passionate about. So many times we make goals and, and, and resolutions and things focused on those things. And hear me out. I'm not saying that those things are wrong. I'm not saying that those things are bad. But I think this verse, Matthew 6, 33, is, God is talking, Jesus is talking about a perspective shift. And I guess what I want to leave you with is this thought. What if we stop focusing on the things in our life, the things that we've set these goals on, and we started focusing on the one who said who can help us become the person that we need to be to achieve these goals that we want to achieve in 2019? I'm talking about a perspective shift here. It's turning our eyes and saying, okay, I want to achieve these things and these things I want to see done and I want to make these things happen in my life. But in order to do that, in order to, to, to see that happen, I'm going to turn my focus and put it on Jesus. And, I'm going to put my, and as I put my focus on him, he is going to begin to work in my life. He's going to begin to call things out of me. He's going to begin to motivate me. He's going to begin to push me to grow, to become the person that I need to become so that you can accomplish all of the things in your life that you want to accomplish in 2019. I'm talking about a perspective shift. You know, my hope and my prayer for you is that uh, as an individual, as a family, um, as a husband and wife, um, that you guys will begin to turn and shift your focus towards what God has called you to and the relationship that you have with God in 2019. And if you're like me, you, you've got goals and you've got ambitions and you've got things that you have, have set for yourself. And if you're like me, the, the, the end of the year comes and, and it's like, oh man, another year of, of failed resolutions. Another year where I didn't do it. Another year where it didn't happen. What if 2019 became the year that it did happen? What if 2019 became the moment where your life started to change and something in your life started to, to shift because you changed your focus and you started focusing on pursuing the things of God and making God a priority in your life in 2019? And this is so easy to miss. It's so easy to miss, church. You hear it all the time. Oh, I'm supposed to put God first. But when we do, there's a promise. And when we do, God begins to work in our lives and he begins to change us and make us into the person that he has uh, called us to be. You know, I want to talk about, in just the time we have remaining, just some goals and, and some resolutions. Maybe you're one of those people that, that uh, you know, hey, I don't like goals. I don't like resolutions. It's not my thing. Uh, that's okay. I've actually come up with some goals for you. Um, so these are, these are some goals. These are some things that, that really God has laid on my heart um, as the campus pastor for this kind of specific campus. And these are some things that I want to share with you from my heart. Listen, I just want to share this also as well. It is my honor and it, it is my greatest privilege to have a chance to work here and to be your campus pastor. You know, I told you that I grew up in this town. Like, you know, Canal Winchester was where I spent most of my childhood. This is where I went to high school. This is where, you know, I, I grew up experiencing life. And so it is, it is my honor, my privilege to be here. I can't imagine doing anything else. And I just want you to know that, that serving all of you, it brings me so much joy in my life. And I just want you to hear that from the bottom of my heart, that as we get ready and I get ready to share these goals and these things that I have for you guys, I want you to know that I'm gonna be working my hardest and I'm gonna be working to the best of my ability to help this campus and this place achieve these goals that I have for you. So goal number one, I have a goal that you would grow spiritually in 2019. I have a goal that you grow spiritually. 
We just talked about it, prioritizing God, putting God in focus. And so my goal is that as you do that, you would begin to grow spiritually in 2019. You would take steps toward God, toward becoming the person that God has called you to be in 2019. My goal is that you would grow spiritually. And as you grow, uh, you would really begin to experience the fullness of life that God has promised and God has called us to as Christians. And really my next two goals are kind of related to the first goal of growing spiritually. So my next goal or resolution for this campus is that I have a goal that as you grow spiritually, that you would get more comfortable with sharing your faith in 2019 with others. That you would get more comfortable in sharing your faith with others in 2019. I get it, it's intimidating. I know, it's like, Zach, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Uh, they're, they're gonna reject me. What are they, they're gonna think I'm crazy. They're gonna think I'm weird. They're gonna think I'm awkward. But I think that as you grow spiritually, you begin to understand the mission that God has called us to as Christ followers, and that's Matthew 28. That's the Great Commission. Go into all the nation and make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the mission that God has called us to. It's not just the church. It's called all of us as Christians. We are the church. This is what the mission that God has called us to. And I'm, I believe that as you grow spiritually, you're going to get more comfortable in sharing your faith. And this is what I also believe and know, that as you get more comfortable in sharing your faith, that people are going to come to know Jesus Christ. It's through the testimony and the witness of those who are believers that the gospel of Jesus Christ is spread. And I really believe that in 2019. In fact, I'm already kind of visualizing uh, and imagining the stories of spouses, of kids, of, of siblings, of family members, of aunts and uncles and nieces and nephews, of friends, of coworkers, of bosses, of people who are gonna come to this church in 2019 and be changed by the radical love and grace of Jesus Christ. And I'm excited for that. And I can't wait to see God do that in 2019. My last goal is that I have a goal that for this campus that as we grow spiritually, that, that you would commit to fully engaging with this church and join us in our mission of helping people get on the path to God. Like that's our mission, that's what we're called to do. God has called this church to help people get on the path to God. Really it's, it's the mission that God, I just talked about, like what God has called us to do as Christians is to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not about here at Crossroads Church, we're not about growing our kingdom or seeing our names risen up. It's about growing God's kingdom. It's about growing uh, the kingdom of God and seeing people come to know Jesus. So my prayer is that as you grow spiritually, you would commit to partnering with us to help us along that process and in that journey. So I don't know what that looks like for you. You know, maybe for you, it's like Pastor Tim said, maybe it's getting involved in taking a step out uh, and joining a serve team. You know, maybe it's, it's, it's engaging in a community that's serving. You know, this doesn't happen Sunday mornings. Uh, the things that happen around here, they don't happen just with the staff and with, with all of us. It's, 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 it's staff, it's Pastor Tim, it's the campus staff, it's volunteers, it's everyone working together as one unit, one body, one team, one place working together to help reach people with the gospel. I really mean that. It's all of us together. So maybe for you, engaging fully is, is joining a serve team. Maybe engaging fully is joining a small group. Maybe it's taking steps uh, to get involved in a small group community. I talked about the importance of that, uh, how in a small group you really can uh, get a, a chance to grow in relationships and grow in connection and get get deeper in your relationship with Christ. And, and it happens in the, in the place of a small group. So maybe engaging fully is by joining a small group in 2019. Maybe a way you can engage fully in 2019 is through your tithes and offerings. You know, 
this happens because of people who give faithfully to this ministry. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. We could not do this without the people who give faithfully to this ministry. Uh, and when you're giving, you're giving to things like Impact Week. You're giving to things like Halloween Sunday. You're giving to things like Football Sunday. You're giving to things like Christmas Outreach and Ministry Partners and all of those things. Those things are helping us go out and do things that no other church is going to do. In fact, I saw a quote from Craig Rochelle, and I'm going to honor him. He said this, that to reach people that no one has ever reached, we have to do things that no one has ever done before. And so in 2019, I want this to be about the year that we go out and we do things that no one has ever done before. So I don't know what it looks like for you to engage fully with this campus and this church, but I would just, I would just challenge you as you grow spiritually that you would feel God pushing you and motivating you to commit to engage and taking a next step with us as a church. At the end of the day, we know where 2019 is heading as a campus, right? Gender Road, a new facility, a new building. It's gonna be exciting. You guys excited for this? I know that I'm excited for this, I really am. But hear me out, I believe that the preparation, the moment that we step into that new building, the preparation for that starts right now. And it starts with us beginning to shift our focus, not on the things you know that, that maybe we wanna achieve or the things we prioritize, but shifting our focus and focusing on the God who can change us and help mold us and become in the campus and the church and the people that we need to be so that we can step into that new building and reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I really believe that it starts now. It starts with our commitment to come together as a family, as a team, as a group of individuals and say, hey, we're gonna pursue God with a, without abandon. We're gonna pursue God with everything in our lives. And as we pursue God, as we focus on him, he's gonna help change us, mold us, make us into the people that he wants us to be so that when we step into that building, uh, it's gonna be incredible, the stories and the life change and the things that happen. But it starts right now and it starts today. And I'm excited to go on this journey uh, with you. I'm excited to, to have a chance to, to lead you in this journey. And I would just say this, if you've got questions about uh, what you can do or, or a step that you can take or a way that you can engage with this church or a way that you can grow spiritually for yourself or for your group or for your wife or for your uh, husband or whoever, if you've got questions, come find me afterwards. I'd love to, to, to schedule a time to go out to coffee with you, to talk to you, to meet with you. I would love to have a chance to kind of get to know you and interact with you uh, a little bit and talk to you about this stuff. It's something, this is something that I'm so passionate about and I want to see us pursue as a campus in 2019, okay? All right, so hey, do me a favor. Go ahead and bow your, eye, uh, bow your head and close your eyes. I'm going to pray for us. Heavenly Father, Jesus, we lift you up and we just, we just say thank you. Thank you for being a God who loves us and cares about us and, and desires a relationship with us and pursues us uh, no matter the cost, Lord. Lord, I just pray that as a church, as we begin to shift our focus in 2019, we, we focus on the things that you have called us to do. Lord, that you would give us grace Give us grace for ourselves when we inevitably fall off the wagon and whenever inevitably we, we, we make a mistake or we, we focus on the wrong things. Lord, give us grace for ourselves. Give us grace for each other, Lord. Give us discipline. Give us determination, Lord, that as a campus and as individuals, we begin focusing on the things that we need to focus on. 
Lord, I pray that in this moment that you would just stir something up in all of us. Lord, stir up righteousness, stir up um, conviction, stir up um, excitement, stir up passion, Lord Jesus, uh, in us. Lord, passion uh, for your church, passion for those people who do not know you, passion uh, for uh, helping each other. Give us an ability to see beyond uh, just what we see. Give us an ability to see people like you see them. Lord, I pray that as you work in our church, that we would continue to focus on you. Lord, I pray that you would continue to to work in our lives. Lord, I pray that you would continue uh, to just do a work in us. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you did in our lives in 2018. We thank you for what you're doing in our church. We thank you for everything that you have given us, all the blessings you have given us. And we cannot wait to see what you do in 2019. And everybody said, amen. Amen.